Hey, hey, everyone. And on this episode of Dear College Students, I have my fraternity brothers, my beloved friends on this episode. Um, this is actually going to be a very interesting episode because all of us have graduated with our undergrad degree and some of us are in grad school. Some of us are doing our thing out in Cali oh, yeah. when it comes down to graphic design, fashion designs, all that good stuff. And we'll get into all that. But without further ado, I will let them introduce themselves, starting with P-Dove. What's up, everybody? You already know what it is. It's your boy, Parrish Dove, a.k.a. P-Dove, a.k.a. P-Dove LaFlair, a.k.a. P-Dove Creates. And next? What it do, what it does, what it is, what it was, what can it be? Wow. Uh, I'm Stanley, a.k.a. The Saint. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, the, T-H-E-E dot S-A-I-N-T underscore. Pleasure to be here. Hey, yo, what's happening? Who am I? Who are you? We are who we define ourselves as. It's your boy, Kenyu Morriso. Like, can you do this? Can you do that? Also known as Maury Webster. Also known as Kenyu Jr. On Instagram, you can follow the tag. Uh, excited to be here. Excited to share perspective and try to be great. You're already great, though. <laughs> Just following you, <laughs> <laughs> but I first want to start off by asking each one of you: um, What are some of the adversities that you had to overcome as an undergrad? Well, you're looking at me, so yeah. <laughs> as an undergrad, I think time management was the mm. biggest one. Um, coming from high school, I guess a lot of the workload was just easier to manage. It wasn't very heavy back in high school and I don't know why I figured coming into college it would be just a similar balance um even though the work wasn't quite as hard it was more of it due in a less amount of time so just figuring out how to prioritize that over my social life and extracurriculars uh it was just a challenge but it was more of a growth and maturity than figuring out how to navigate my own way. What about you, Mr. Stanley? Uh, during my college career, you know, I'm first generation, so there's not necessarily a uh, template as far as uh, to guide me in the right path or direction. Uh, I didn't really have a lot of mentors or role models I could really look up to. Everybody in my environment, for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, if they weren't going to jail, they were like dealing drugs, you know, so I didn't necessarily have someone to look up to and emulate. So everything that I had to, everything I experienced, I had experienced the hard way, unfortunately. But I would also say that another challenge I faced was definitely time management. During the time of working two, three jobs, in order just to make sure that I had adequate funds to actually pay for schooling. So those were the major challenges that I faced. Uh, what about you, Mr. Kenyu? I think um, building off what both of my brothers just said, a combination of both, but I'd say the key word for me was awareness, Mm. Um, being aware of the resources that were available to help you, being aware of what it means to change who you are in order to become the best version of yourself and realizing that there will be people placed in your life that are willing to help you and navigate that change and facilitate that change and development. Um, For me, it was branching out. It's really easy to fall into this routine, this little scheme of the day-to-day, you know, that routine where you go to class, go to the cab, go back to your room. I lived with my best friend (laughs) my freshman year. I didn't have to 
go out and meet new people. But there was like this certain point where I realized, dang, I want to be more than this. This is college. This is a chance to meet so many new people. This is a chance to grow, a chance to develop. And being aware that you're capable of, capable of that and that you're willing and able to create that change in your life. Wow. And bouncing off of that, like, <clears throat> what motivated you all um, to overcome your adversity? Because, you know, with adversity, sometimes we get into the mindset where we feel like we can't get out of it. Mm -hmm. And we sort of kind of like limit ourselves into thinking that we're a product of our environment, per se. And I just want to, I'm very curious about, like I said before, what motivated you all? Well, for me personally, um, I have three older siblings who all went off to college before me. And so we all went for different reasons. Like my two older brothers, they went for, not academic, for athletic scholarships. And my sister, she went for the performing arts. Um, I went more so for academics, but their college careers kind of had its ups and downs, whether it was financial or whether it was like just finding what they wanted to do post-grad. Um, I was able to, I was fortunate enough to sit back and take notes off of their journeys and see, okay, how were they able to manage this, manage that? And what's something that they didn't necessarily get to leave behind that I could potentially leave behind in my college career. And one of those things was being really involved in activities on campus. None of my siblings outside of like the sports and athletics did anything that was like club or Greek related. Mm -hmm. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to do those types of things and hold positions with like student government, hold with uh, our Black Student Union, and of course, ultimately Alpha Phi Alpha. So um, that motivated me to really be on my P's and Q's so that mm -hmm. I could balance everything I wanted to accomplish. Wow. I would say for me, what motivated me was understanding where I came from, you know. Again, I always want to reference where my family came from. So understanding that they faced a great amount of adversity um, since even before they came to America really puts it in perspective. Uh, you have to understand that, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, the traditional college life that a lot of individuals uh, crave, that necessarily wasn't going to really be what I had to experience because I, I went there to accomplish a specific goal, a specific task to better myself and elevate my family. So every time I was with a certain amount of adversity, I would just think to myself, you know, at the end of the day, what I'm experiencing, my parents experienced, so many other people have experienced as well. They overcame, therefore I have to find a way to overcome as well. Because at the end of the day, there's always a solution. You just gotta take the time to really uh, understand how to find it. You know, you can't really rush the process. You gotta go through the fire and take the pain in order to come out with what you truly want in life. Um, but uh, building off on what Kenyu said previously about understanding resources, that's another great way to overcome adversity. So the more I went through my college experience, the more I realized that you got to ask for help. Mm. The more you have to understand, you know, you can't be you can't be afraid or shy to, you know, let people know that you don't know or you need help. Because at the end of the day, that's the way you grow. So much easier said. 
<laughs> right, it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, one hundred percent. It's it's not easy, you know. You know, us as men, it's a lot of arrogance, a lot of pride. We don't really want to admit when we have mistakes. I know, I don't know for you guys, but I know my parents, specifically my dad. You know, he doesn't like to admit when he's wrong. He will if he really has to. But right. He hates it, you know. And That's that kind of tricky, that charge, that kind of you know, triculates down mm-hmm. to me. So of course it's not easy, but it's just necessary in order to have you grow from growth. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the whole purpose of coming to college. In order to overcome adversity, you gotta know your resources and you gotta be able to actually utilize those resources. What you think, Kenny? Honestly, when thinking about my motivations for overcoming adversity, I think it's a combination. I'm going to use the word combination a lot because it's always, <laughs> it's always a multifaceted it's always a approach yeah. to life. You feel me? It's, it's never um, one dimensional. Um, it was a combination of extrinsic, ex, extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. Nice. So, for example, like an outside motivator would be coming from where I'm from. For example, I'm an immigrant. Um, there, I come from a household where opportunity was scarce. So both my parents barely had a middle school education. Like I remember growing up and seeing my mom struggle to write. And I was just thinking, whoa, she can't help me with my homework. Like I literally have to do this by myself. Mm-hmm. That was a motivator in itself where I knew I had to be the example. But while I grew up as the only kid in my house, I have an older brother, he's 11 years older, but he kind of set an example for me as well. Um, he, he lives in Haiti. And he was like that excellent student, the exceptional student that my mom was always like, just like your brother. Um, So he was like 11 years older and he was going to medical school. Like, whoa, that's amazing. To the point where I thought, oh, I I might want to be a doctor. Like stuff like that, it's a high bar. But you get tired of it being compared to your older siblings and stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, But then the um, Haiti, the earthquake in Haiti happened Mm -hmm. and that completely derailed his life. So. The medical school was destroyed and he, did, he no longer had the opportunity to even pursue that. So he had to completely redirect his path in life, his trajectory. Now that's a new pressure on me because now there's no longer the example to follow. You are the example. Yeah, I am the example. I have to forge my own path. You mm-hmm. see, I can relate to what you're saying because, you know, in my household, I was the example as well. I'll be honest with you. My siblings, they, they feel the type of way because a lot of times it's like, hey, yo, Stanley's not doing that, this, that, and the other, you feel me? Yeah. So I, I can kind of understand where you're coming from and that pressure because I know they experience that pressure a lot, even now. It's wild. But I don't know. When it comes to becoming the example, I actually wrote a quote for um, my job the other day. It's like, if you can't find a good example, become one. Can you more so? That's where the extrinsic motivation like kind of ended for me. Um, now there was pressure. I have to succeed. I have to be the example and I have to be myself and myself has to be good enough. No questions, no negotiations. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got to college. I did what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. My mom cried at my graduation, like for high school. And I was like, whoa, I've never seen this lady, the strongest woman I've ever met in my life, cry. Yeah. I'm doing something. But it got to the point where, what am I doing this for? Mm. That extrinsic motivation no longer was enough. It was enough. It wasn't enough. I had to find within myself that I wanted to be successful. I wanted to be great because now I know I'm capable of it. I know I have the potential. 
Now, what does that potential look like in the future? <laughs> That's up to me to mold, baby. <laughs> what you mean? I'm the canvas. I'm the painter. I'm about to make the gallery. You see, you see, I really resonate with what you said as far as um, you speaking about um, the words you said. It was so eloquently put. <clears throat> you said that you got to become the example, right? And you have to have that intrinsic motivation and also that you didn't believe that you could do it. Mm -hmm. I really can understand that because, for example, the, the field that I'm pursuing right now, I never really thought that I was going to actually be able to do this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I never thought I'd be able to go mm -hmm. to PA school or even really get this far in college and pursue my master's degree. You see, growing up in high school, what I would do was, right, I would just, you know, declare I'm going to be like a doctor or a lawyer or something, or something like that. I just said, <laughs> that's all everybody. Yeah. I'm going to be I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a judge. I would just say it. But I wasn't saying it because I actually felt like I could do it. I was saying it in order to convince myself I could do it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't to convince others. It was really to convince myself. The more I said it, the more I believed it, the more I felt like I could do it, the more other people said, I think you can do it. So it was a motivator mm. really pushed me through. It was almost like self-placebo effect. <laughs> basically, yeah, basically that's yeah. exactly what it is. So when you said, so when you said you didn't believe you could do it, I feel the same exact way. I think I can do this. I think I can get this far. Even when I got into masters, the masters program, right? It's like, oh, snap. You see, and the demographic <laughs> is, is mostly yeah. uh, Caucasian. There's only four black in my, my entire class, right? The most they've ever let in. So they told me the most they've ever let in. Four black people out of 60 students. Wow. So. My classmates are geniuses. They are legitimately geniuses, you know. And the fact that I'm able to, you know, sit among them and have a seat at the table, and it's and it's it's an earned place. It's not given, mm -hmm. you know. I really, you know, uh, I'm really humbled at that experience because I never thought I'd make it this far. Mm -hmm. No joke. Do you mind if I bring up like another topic? Of course. So, have y'all ever heard of imposter syndrome? Yeah, yes. we were talking, Dude, about, just that. talking about that. <laughs> hey, hey, what is that? I actually don't know. So imposter syndrome is the this ideology in your head. <laughs> really, it is. Where you, let's say you've reached a certain degree of success, um, you've accomplished something, but you feel as if you don't deserve it, like you're not supposed to be there. For example, being a minority in a predominantly like Caucasian population. Like the idea that you made it to PA school and you're there, you're competing against other people, but now you're a representative of all of your people. 100%. And you have to succeed. And sometimes it feels like a lot of pressure. That's what they actually told me. They said, look, understand this. This is what the admissions of the coordinator told me. You know, she's actually an AKA and I really appreciate it for putting me on game early on. She told us straight up, look, how you do is gonna affect other students like you coming to the school. Mm -hmm. Consciously or unconsciously. Because you have to understand a lot of bias that a lot of people mm -hmm. have. It's not overt. They don't even realize that they have that bias. You know, I can't necessarily fault them for having that bias. You know, there's a lot of reasons why they have the bias. So my performance will dictate how things go for others. So, yeah, it is a lot of pressure. But the you know, like stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you see, that's the thing about it. You know, everybody's different. You know, some people crack under pressure. For me, pressure builds a motivator. No, I do immeasurably better under intense amount of pressure. That's when I truly shine. It makes absolutely no sense. If you give me no pressure, I'll just, I'll probably do poorly. But if you give me an intense amount of pressure, I will go up and beyond your expectation and my own expectation each and every single time. It's every like time I've been under a lot of expecta uh, uh, expectations, I perform very well. So it's a lot of pressure, but I enjoy it. Mm. 
I'd agree. I'd agree. That's funny. As long as you're taking care of yourself. I have perspective on like the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of imposter syndrome because I went from being like somewhat of an outcast where I was like the only one who was pursuing what I wanted to do to move to some place like Los Angeles where practically everybody is doing some of the same thing. Like everybody is like slashers as they say like oh well i'm this type of creative slash this slash that slash this and so when you get into that space you feel like somewhat of an imposter because the persona of these people as a creative is a lot more refined mm. and it's a lot more developed and they have a sense of presence and confidence in what they're doing because they have the acclaim and the accolades to back up just who that they claim to be and so to be a new person in that presence coming out of undergrad and i feel like when i was an undergrad i was a lot like the go-to guy for a lot of things Pete of the goat yeah it was like oh he does fashion he does graphics he's that dude and now i'm like okay now i'm surrounded by people who are as good if not better than me how do i set myself apart and not feel like i'm just another person with a dream you know out here trying to make it and so it was really having a sense of delayed gratification to set a foundation for myself and really figure out what I wanted my persona to be before just going for the gusto and trying to fit in with everybody else that's real yeah oh man <laughs> And to go off of that, I really want to ask you guys, how what is it like now graduating with your bachelor's degree and moving towards your career and your profession, um, whether it be in grad school or, you know, P-Dub, like you with graphic design? Mm-hmm. What like what are some of the fears that come through your head? What are some of um, things that give you motivation, like some of the successes that you think about? I, w- I want to hear all of it. Loki, can I hop on this? Go ahead. Okay. You got the floor. Can I be like honest? Yeah. Be honest. (laughs) Super honest. Um, To be honest, from my perspective, so I'm a year and a half into grad school. So May 2018 is when I graduated. And oh, little background. I got my degree in psychology with a minor in political science. My original career aspiration was to be a clinical psychologist as well as a <laughs> naval officer, helping people oh, with wow. PTSD. <laughs> helping people with PTSD in the armed forces. I'm very far away from that now. <laughs> um, so I went into psychology because I, one, I was an outcast growing up. Um, I never understood people. I was one of those people who never understood social cues, which is funny because a lot of people would be like, I never get, I could never get that from you. Right. It's like, Hey, I learned, (laughs) I learned how to adapt, but, um, I chose psychology because I wanted to understand people. I wanted to, um, get this new perspective of what it is that makes people tick. So I can create an environment where people don't feel how I used to feel. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, throughout my bachelor's, I enjoyed my classes for the most part, you know, it was like, cool. I like school. So it was easy for me to like get things done, pass tests and stuff. After graduating, I can honestly say specifically to my experience, my degree itself, coursework, didn't mean much. The true value of college for me was the people I met in the relationships I built. Those soft skills that I was learning in class, I refined them 
through the relationships that I built with people. And that's what I felt was important. Now that I'm in grad school, um, I'm in the higher educational leadership program because I want to be a vice president of student affairs. I have a passion for this field. It's no longer a script, like how I rattled off earlier about it being a clinical psychologist. Right. <laughs> now I know I want right. to work in higher education and I want to help these students who are at the avenue of their lives where mm -hmm. they need that guidance, need that help that I needed. I know I want to do this. Grad school is reinforcing the passion that I didn't know I really had. I changed my career path one semester before graduating. Like I took a chance and went to the director of the higher ed program. They told me, oh, you should talk to her. She's really cool. She'll give you some insight. I went to her, changed my life. She asked me the question, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to be a clinical psychologist, naval officer, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then she was like, why are you interested in higher ed? At that point, I had thought about it for a couple months. Um, that was during some rough times in life um, in 2017. But I realized as I was speaking, I thought about the people who had an impact on me while I was in college. Mm. The mentors, the, um, the student leaders that I met that really helped me develop as a person. And I realized it would be so fulfilling to do that for to someone pay else, forward, yeah. to pay it forward. And that was the moment, like the Eureka moment, like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> you got me down. Like, like, I, can, I can feel the dry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> First of all, Shea Butter, baby. Okay. <laughs> but that was the moment for me, and ever since then, I haven't looked back. Sure, I get burnt out. People get burnt out. We are I've learned self-care over time, and I'm now I'm happy. Boy, I can, like, 100% say I am happy with my life. Wow. Struggles have come. Yes, there will be valleys and peaks. But the ultimate worth of a man is determined by how he handles the valleys to get to the next peak. Wow. Like Zoltar, you know, the little fortune teller man, and <laughs> just pop a quarter in. We'll give you an allegory. Um, I take um, $100 bills, blue faces only, thank you. <laughs> well, 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 I would say, um, you know, transitioning out of uh, college, I mean, the transition is very slow. It's not necessarily rapid. I would mm -hmm. say that, you know, post-grad depression is 100% real. It's mm -hmm. actually a thing. Very, wow. I know very. for a fact that for a time I went through that, because you have to understand that what they sell you in college, if they're like, let me tell you something. You can be anything that you want to be. The only thing you need is an education. But what they don't tell you is that you need education and connections. Those two things go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. You need to be able. You need you to. You need to be able to get to the door. And when you get to the door, have someone open it for you. You need to have the key of knowledge to actually be able to enter, to be able to stand the among the other people mm -hmm. in the room. You have to deserve to be there. So. When I graduated, the first thing I, I did, I went full time my my job as a pharmacy technician. That was the worst job I've ever worked in my entire life. Oh my gosh, that was just a depressing job. The, micro, the, the manager was just horrible, and I was trying to transition into like you know a medical program. You know, the first couple time, the first time I applied in this city, successfully. Um, certain things again, I had the person to really trailblaze for me. You know, so. I had to learn everything, everything firsthand, so it didn't go as well as I planned. I got a couple interviews, but I got waitlisted, unfortunately. Mm. Um, back to my actual job, I actually quit the job um, and became a teacher. Now, the thing is, when I quit the job, 
they didn't realize I, I, they didn't realize the entire time I I hated the job. Like when I left, <laughs> it was a complete and utter. What? You leaving? <laughs> so I became a teacher and um, to high school, uh, I taught middle school, and I would say. You know, what he's talking about when it comes to higher education, I, I, it definitely does resonate with me because, you know, me teaching the youth, it really, really, really fulfills me as a person because you're able to really show the next generation, look, this is how you're supposed to do it. And the thing is, the community I was working with, the demographic I was working with, it was, it was from a, it was an impoverished community. Mm-hmm. So these individuals, you know, they came from broken homes and a lot of them didn't have any fathers. So a lot of times they, they joke around with each other like, oh yeah, hey, Mr. S is your dad. And I'm like, first and foremost, I'm not your daddy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that very clear, you know? I'm not old enough to do so, even though they think I'm like 58, only I was 23 at the time. Oh, sir, you're so old. Not old, okay? <laughs> just 10 years older than you. Literally, I was like, just 10, just 10. Like I even clean 10 years older, that's it. But, uh, you know, that really put in perspective, like now I'm in grad school, I'm going to PA school, but um, eventually I do want to become like some type of professor, whether it be an adjunct or something part time, mm-hmm. because I realized I had a passion for teaching. What I will say is the transition from uh, college into your career or grad school, it, it, it's tough. And, you know, I'm going into a, uh, a science based profession. You know, I'm not taking away from any other grad schools, but, you know. Mm-hmm. There it's, it's it's truly 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 it's very competitive and in PA school specifically, you know, you make a lot of money. You know, it's not a lot of years. The coursework is very rigorous, but the lifestyle that you live is very much so favorable and conducive. You can have a family. You know, you can have time off. You know, you're not responsible for everything and the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the transition is hard. But the transition it's gonna come. Um, whether or not you like it or not, it's always good to have someone there to assist you and tell you, you know how to tra- uh, uh, traverse certain, you know, as you said, the valleys to get to the peaks. Uh, and that's why right now, when it comes to transitioning college, um, from college to your career or grad school, I, I very much so communicate with a lot of different people that are trying to get into PA school or trying to be a teacher. I let them know, hey man, this is, the way, this, this is what you gotta do in order to get to where you're trying to be at. Because, you know, I'm gonna keep it realistic with you. I'm gonna say whether or not you have an actual opportunity to actually get into this institution or you don't, or if, and if you don't, what do you have to do to actually improve the chances of being admitted? So that's my experience with the transition from undergrad or college to your career. Um, okay, wow. Uh, well, for me, uh, post-grad, I wanted to continue what I had already began to embark on. I um. I feel like I knew early on what my purpose was. I I fell in love and I've had a romance with creativity for a very long time, for the majority of my life. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. When I wake up in the morning, that's what I think about first. And somebody told me, whatever you think about first thing, that's what you're meant to do for your life. Hmm. And so really refining my skills in order to be the best entrepreneur was my was at the height of my priorities. And that's what I really decided to pursue. Um, however, it was hard fighting any feeling of inadequacy because like my parents, they didn't go to college. And for them, they were like, well, first college, then high paying job is next after that. 
But for me, that wasn't what was going to fulfill me. And I knew that. Um, for me, I needed to sustain myself in order to create a strong foundation for my entrepreneurial ventures. And though I had like customers, though I had clientele, I had created a base of people who could support me through my undergrad experience. Um, I had to figure out how I was going to sustain that after that. And so really being creative in terms of how I did business and how I implemented my skill with people who had bigger budgets and um, people who knew nothing about me, but could only give me work based off of what I had already done thus far, um, really put me in, you know, that flight or fight mode of, of survival. Um, and then also, I genuinely love education. I love to learn. And so I felt guilty for not taking the next step in my education in terms of seeking another degree. And I had to know that, well, education doesn't stop all because you're not in an institution. You learn about things through life. You learn every day. You learn through conversations. You learn through building relationships. And so um, now moving away and going to a new place, um, I'm you know just able to stay in that school of development and build on what I was blessed to have, the gift that I was provided with. PDF creates. Hashtag. And with that being said, (laughs) there will be a part two to this episode. So you all please just tune in and listen to part two.